Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Another week of Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler, my name, along with my friend Joel Brzezinski. We thank you for tuning in and for sharing our program with others. Remember, you can find archived programs. I don't know how you found this one you're listening to right now, but we've got a, an entire list, hundreds of programs, available for you to access at Joel's website. It's called uh, graceroots.org, graceroots.org, and you can find the Growing in Grace podcast with a whole bunch of old ones in there. The higher the number, the newer the podcast, all right? So feel free to share them with as many people as you would like. And uh, drop us a line sometime, too, and let us know that you're out there. Invite us as a Facebook friend. Uh, we would appreciate that, too. We talked um, last week. We, we've been talking about some of the things that Jesus has said and some of the misunderstandings that take place sometimes from what Jesus said. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the chapters or passages of Scripture we wanted to look at this week was Matthew chapter 23. Jesus really goes off on the Pharisees here, scribes and Pharisees, the religious people who seem to uh, lord the law over others that they themselves would not keep. I know sin is, is one of those things that, that we've talked about before, Joel, that makes God angry. Uh, I've heard uh, Steve McVeigh mention that the, the one thing over and over he can find consistently that, that makes God mad was sin. Of course, we know that through Christ that has been dealt with. I think there's something else that stands up, uh, stands pretty high on the totem pole, so to speak, when it comes to the Lord getting upset. When it comes to Jesus Christ as a man on the earth, one thing that really seemed to frustrate him, if I can use that terminology, is the self-righteous people, like the scribes and Pharisees, who sort of lived off of their own righteousness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, th I would say, I would take it this far, and I would say that when you look at how... Jesus, who represented the Father here on earth, God in the flesh, if you look at how he interacted with unrighteous people, that is, you know, sinners, and how he interacted with self-righteous people, there was a big difference, a huge difference. He would wrap his arms around the sinners and, and tax collectors. He ate with them. You know, he shared the good news with them, and, and you know, he loved them. Uh, and then when it came to self-righteous people, he had some pretty big words to say to them. And so I, I do think that self-righteousness is on the top of the list, or at least near the top of the list, as far as uh, things that God doesn't like in people. Well, and as we read through Matthew 23, again, uh, it, if, if we're getting our Old and New Covenants mixed up, which is easy to do in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John sometimes, um, realize what Jesus is saying here and who he's saying it to and, and the point that he's, he's getting across. I mean, he starts out in Matthew 23, verse 2, Joel, and he says, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. When you think of Moses, what do you think of? You think of the law, right? The mm -hmm. commandments. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he says, whatever they tell you to observe, observe that and do it, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. In other words, they're not necessarily doing what they're saying. 
But again, Jesus is talking to people who are still under the law. This is still the old covenant. The new covenant hadn't been ratified yet. So uh, that's important to keep in mind as we flow through some of these verses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Jesus goes on talking again to the people about the Pharisees. And then he, now he's going to change directions in a minute and actually start talking to the Pharisees. But this is what he says about them. He says, for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with, uh, with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad, and they enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, uh, the best seats in the synagogues. They like to be greeted in the marketplaces. They like to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi, and so on and so forth. And Jesus goes, goes on and says, you know what? This is what these self-righteous people, they want to be seen. They want to be known outwardly. Uh, who, they want to be known who they are outwardly, and so they make a big show of themselves, and they will sometimes do good works, uh, to be, not, not because it's what's in their heart, not because that's you know, the life of God in them, but because they want to be seen, because they want praise from people, because they, they want their righteousness— which is self-righteousness, which is not God's righteousness. (laughs) They want their own righteousness, so-called righteousness, to be seen by others. And so Jesus, you know, is getting ready here to really go off on these scribes and Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. Uh, And the point here is that Hey, self-righteousness is not any anything that's going to get us close to God at all. It sure looks good. It might look good to people, but really it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with God's righteousness, which we, of course, only receive as a gift. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jesus knew something that those other people didn't understand, and that is that the, the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, the religious people who looked down on, on the rest of the sheep, they weren't any better than any of those people. They weren't any more holy. They weren't any more righteous. They didn't really deserve any more respect. And so he, he really kind of goes off on them. Later on in the chapter, Joel, he even, he call, I mean, he starts calling them names. Mm-hmm. You know, serpents, brood of vipers. So he called them, he called them serpents, brood of vipers. Uh, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? By the way, there is a way they can escape the condemnation of hell. A rhetorical question almost. But so he not only called them a uh, a viper joel he, he he basically was saying your mama is a viper <laughs> i mean a brood of vipers that's an offspring of vipers brood of vipers right yeah so um uh, but there are some things here that are being communicated from jesus um to uh, these hypocrites to these uh, religious people who were established in their own self-righteousness and remember that's really what all the jews did under the law <laughs> Uh, they were out to try to establish their own righteousness through their own works, through trying to keep the law and the commandments and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what stands out to you, though, Joel, because we don't have time to go through the whole passage here in, in Matthew 23. What is one of the areas here in this passage of Matthew 23 that really stands out to you that we could address? Yeah, well, there's there's a few things, but one in particular. Well, well, just to back up a little too, and um, talking, you know, how Jesus talked to them and, and what he called them. You know, whitewashed tombs, he called them, uh, which indeed, indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so, you do 
uh, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So no matter what kind of show a person can put on, it's not what's on the uh, outside. You know, whitewashed tomb, you know, that's a, a, a tomb with something dead inside uh, that is whitewashed. It looks nice and clean and white on the outside, but really it's it's dead on the inside. And so he's he's approaching these scribes and Pharisees, calling them all of these names. And, uh, you know, one thing that sticks out to me, Cap, in Matthew 23, 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These uh, you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Uh, and so, you know, I hear this one preached in the church today, unfortunately, where where people say, well, see, Jesus is telling these people uh, to tithe, and not only to tithe, but to keep the weightier matters of the law. And so, see, Jesus says we're supposed to keep the law. But remember, we've got to keep in mind, as we've been going over, as, as we've been saying over and over again for the last few weeks, remember who Jesus was talking to and what point he was trying to make, because he's talking to these self-righteous Pharisees who were under the law, and if indeed, if indeed they were going to be righteous by the law, if indeed it was about their works, okay, you, you Pharisees and the scribes who like to make a good outward showing, if that's really what it's about, you go ahead, you pay your tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and, and you keep those weightier matters of the law. You do all of those things, and don't leave anything undone. If indeed it's going to be about your outward works, then you follow it to the T. That's basically the point that Jesus is making here. But then he says, you blind guides, you strain out a gnat, and you swallow a camel. And and both, I think, a gnat and a camel were considered unclean animals, unclean um, unclean animals. And and they would strain out a gnat, uh, something that's, uh, you know, something small, but they would swallow a camel. In other words, they would Make sure that people don't, you know, make sure that people see them doing certain righteous things. But, th- yeah, they'd go ahead and they'd eat a whole camel and uh, an, a, an unclean animal. And so Jesus was basically calling them hypocrites. That's, that's really the bottom line there. Well, and, and but again, uh, a lot of times we read this and we, we automatically begin to think things like, well, I guess we better, we better keep... Uh, doing the weightier matters of the law because Jesus said that you know we should but again Jesus is talking to Pharisees who thought they were really keeping the law when again Jesus is trying to point out that they weren't keeping the law and uh, and it's not the law of course that brings salvation to men um, uh, you, you can't clean the inside of the cup to be honest with you you can't do it you can't clean the inside of the cup you know only only God can do that through regeneration, through the recreation that that takes place when one believes in that finished work of Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, I mean, how do you how do you tell somebody under the law to clean up the inside uh, when when they don't even have the ability to do that under the law? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the beauty of the boldness of Jesus here. I think. Uh, uh, and I think that's what some people don't understand here. Uh, it took me years to really get this, uh, but just to understand that Jesus really is talking law to those who are under the law. He's being 
I, I think most people get that he's being in in their face <laughs> to the scribes and Pharisees, calling them outrightly calling them hypocrites and whitewashed tombs and foxes and and uh, brood of vipers and all these things. But I'm not sure sometimes that we really get uh, that you know the the purpose that's being served here, uh, talking to those under the law. Like you're saying, how do you tell someone under the law uh, that the the inside of the cup it needs to be cleaned and that they can't do it. You got to do it like this. You got to approach them like this, or at least that's how Jesus did, speaking to these people who were under the law, thinking that they were clean uh, because of their outwardness, but really dead on the inside. And so you've got it. You've got to with with these people who who are self righteous. You've got to approach them uh, with their own thoughts of of what righteousness really is, and then help them somehow to see that that's not really the state they're in. Really, they're dead on the inside. Well, and if you get nothing else out of this program, remember we made history here today because Joel said the word phylacteries. And so if you get nothing else out of that, remember that today. But there's a first time and a last time for some things. I don't know if I'll ever use that word again in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I even pronounced it right, too. I'm not sure about mint and anise and cumin. I don't know if I've pronounced those right, but phylactery. We'll have to remember that one. All right, Joel. So with everything that we've talked about over the past uh, several weeks, maybe even the last couple of months from the law to the words of Jesus and how he used the law to try to communicate some things to people, why is it that Paul told us something like, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? We'll talk about that and some other works verses in the new covenant next week from Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.